thank you for joining me. Welcome to Let's Talk Therapy. This is Rosemary Burns, and this episode is going to be all about the Olympics. Why the Olympics? Because I love the Olympics, and it's an Olympic year. And they just started. Uh, opening ceremonies were this past Friday, and I'm just so excited. I've always loved watching the Olympics ever since I was really little. Um, in fact, I had the dream Maybe I still have the dream. I'm not too old for some some of the <laughs> events, but um, I always wanted to compete in the Olympics. I think in my dreams, I was um, a distance runner um, in the Olympics, but that was before um, basketball was an Olympic sport. Um, so when they made basketball an Olympic sport, or at least the, when I knew basketball was an Olympic sport, um, definitely before women's basketball was an Olympic sport. So, um, now I'd probably change my mind and want to go for, you know, uh, basketball pro possibly maybe something else. Who knows? Um, you know, that was when I was little, maybe now we'll, we'll do karate. Maybe I would want to, um, Maybe I would want to compete in karate. Um, that would work. Okay, but no, seriously. Um, no, this episode is about the Olympics and performance anxiety. And I thought, what a great um, way to link the Olympics to um, to mental health podcast. Um, because it's something that a lot of people um, may not realize ha happens. Um, and the reason I also thought about this is there, there have been... Um, news articles about athletes who are being open and transparent about um, their mental health concerns. And like, I know um, Michael Phelps, ha ha the, you know, if, if you don't know who Michael Phelps is, uh, you've been living under a rock for many, many years. <laughs> but um, the, the um, swimmer, um, gold, you know, multi gold, multi medalist. I don't know what you, what his actual title should be, but just very most decorated male, uh, athlete, I think in the world. Um, he was very open and honest about having ADHD. I actually think I had mentioned that in a previous podcast. Um, but you know, even this year, more athletes have been open and honest coming out about um, their struggles with mental health, with depression, anxiety. And they actually had mentioned, um, I had never heard of this before. Um, of course, I don't really work in the um, professional athletes realm. I, I've never worked with a professional athlete as a client. Um, but they, um, I think they called it overtraining syndrome. I just heard this within the last two days. I never heard of it before. Um, and I would essentially think it, it's very much so linked to like burnout or, or what we who have like our, your normal, you know, mundane jobs, um, you know, who work like nine to five, eight to five, whatever, um, burnout. Um, it, it, we're, we're cautioned all the time to use good self-care and, and make self-care an intentional thing so that you don't experience burnout in, in, in your workplace. Um, I think I've done podcast episodes on that before. Well, this is very interesting because we don't, I, I don't usually think about the Olympics until it's an Olympic year. Um, but I can only imagine what a professional athlete go, has to go through in their day-to-day -day training um, to, to be a professional athlete. Um, I, you know, I, I would imagine, and I, this is all guessing because I'm not, I'm not a coach. 
Um, and again, like I said, in the mental health aspect of it, I've never worked with a professional athlete, but, um, you know, if it's anything like our jobs, um, you know, having to train eight hours a day, I'm not, I mean, I don't even know if that's how long they have to, you know, work out. And I'm sure they have nutritionists, dietitians that tell them what kind of foods and stuff they have to eat. So, so what does overtraining syndrome or, or burnout look like for a professional athlete? Well, like I said, I've never heard of, of that term. I've definitely heard of burnout and I can, I would imagine, you know, it's, maybe not being motivated, maybe experiencing low mood or a lot of anxiety about having to do well in an upcoming match or, or an upcoming game. Or uh, maybe it's, you know, instead of following nutritional guidelines to a T, I want to, I really want to eat, you know, something that's not on the list, something, you know, maybe extra carbs or, you know, a dessert or something like that. Like I said, I, I, you know, I'm not, not a dietitian or nutritionist for a professional athlete, but just not wanting to follow their regimented, um, regimented training schedule and I'm sure if you have to do that day in and day out that it can become very um um uh, trying to think of the right word uh, almost boring but bore it's not so much boring as it is maybe um tedious you know having that tedious component like oh this again I can understand where the lack of motivation can come come in um, you know, I could understand, you know, if their muscles or if their body is tired all the time from, from working out so much. Um, so then it plays into, okay, if that's the case and you're a world, world-class athlete, how does that affect your psyche? Like, how does that affect your mental health? So mental health in sports ha- has existed, um, you know, as long as I've been, you know, was in school, um, it definitely is, is a category, um, that you can go to school for and study and become professional in, um, you know, and, and not my area of expertise. It is not, um, but it's out there that you can, you know, if you wanted to, you can definitely go and learn more about it. Um, but I'm sure there's a whole, there is a whole mental part of being an athlete. It's very mental. In fact, maybe it's, you know, more mental than it is anything else. I definitely have heard athletes after they have, you know, done well in an event or maybe even not done well in an event and they interview them and, and they often say, you know, will say that it's all about the mental game. Um, I've heard that from coaches even when I was on sports teams and I mean, they definitely weren't professional teams, but, but I definitely have heard coaches say, you know, you got to get your head in the game. It's, it's all about your head being in the game. So that tells me mental and with mental, you need to have mental health. Um, so I always had this little kind of side, you know, aside from wanting to be in the Olympics, um, I always had this kind of fun little, um, little dream that if I had a different career or if I chose to get involved in a different career, which probably won't happen, but you never know, um, that I would maybe like to be a coach. I've never actually been a coach. Well, that's not true. I coached kindergartners on, on a ba- basketball team uh, once. It was so much fun. It was so, so enjoyable. They were just wonderful. Um, 
but that's that's pretty much the experience I have of being a coach. Um, but in my head, you know, in, in a, a different world or our alter alternate timeline, maybe I'm a, a coach for either high school or college. Um, and I always saw myself, of course, this would have to come after being a therapist because I always thought, what if I could use my tools that I learned from my trauma work from using EMDR um, and use that for my team? Um, and what would that look like? Well, you know, when I'm thinking trauma in terms of professional athletes, I'm thinking, you know, uh, the game that someone made an error and, um, it made them lose the, lose the game, made the team lose the game. Or, um, you know, if it was an individual athlete, you know, just not performing like they wanted to or making a mistake. And so then they lost, um, those would be considered traumas for those athletes and how EMDR could be applied to helping that athlete get over that obstacle. Because we all know that sometimes, um, well, maybe we don't all know. So I'm going to say it. Um, if something like that happens, it could become a very, um, debilitating thing for an athlete because it gets you can get stuck in their head um, that oh I messed up I messed up and of course whatever comes with the negative you know of that tra that traumatic event in the game um, like for example I'll give you my own example I, I don't necessarily call this a trauma um, but I remember one time I played basketball for many many years and I remember in high school and I used to uh, and I was a very accurate free throw shooter. So like foul shots, I was like a 98% foul shot, um, foul shot shooter. <laughs> and, um, and that's, that's excellent. And then all of a sudden my shot was off. I, I don't, and I, I don't know why I, I don't know. And I worked with my coaches and I was able to get it back. Um, and I think it was looking back, I think it was honestly, I think I got strong, taller and stronger because I remember it happening early, like early in my high school, um, career. Um, and I used to jump when I took my foul shots, um, like not a major jump, but like a hop. And I remember, um, my coach saying, well, why do you, you know, why do you do that? And we just start, and I think it was because I thought I couldn't reach the basket or something. And, you know, duh, when you get into high school, you grow and through puberty and all that kind of stuff. Yes, you're stronger. I may have been taller. And so it throws things off. Of course, I can look back now as an adult and be like, oh, that could be what, what was going on. But when you're living it, you're like, oh my gosh, what in the world? I, like I'm missing all of a sudden. Okay. So if, if I was a professional athlete and something like that happened, oh my goodness, what in the world could be very debilitating, very devastating for somebody until they figure out what's going on, make appropriate changes and get back in the rhythm. Okay. So I thought about that and was like, okay, well, what, you know, what a great thing to bring EMDR to something like that. I'm talking like, oh, I can imagine after a practice having all of the the players sit down and do like a meditation and a resource development of and, and visualization of themselves hitting all of their free throw shots or hitting the three, you know, at the buzzer, um, that kind of stuff. And, and it would be so positive and so much fun um, because, you know, athletes can experience um, 
a whole lot of performance anxiety, a whole lot of worry of what if I miss or what if I mess up? What if I screw up? What if I make a mistake? What if I let my team down can lead to anxiety, can lead to depression, um, you know, because that, that is a, a that put a lot of pressure on themselves to perform, hence performance anxiety. And I always thought, you know, and and it exists, it's out there. I've just never worked with it. it exists there are therapists out there who their soul their specialty is for sports um sports performance, performance anxiety. Um and I I would I would hope that the Olympics and I I guess it would be um, the countries that the athletes are from. I don't, I don't know. Um, this is my bad. I, I didn't look this up before, um, you know, thinking about this and wanting to do this podcast, um, is do they have those kind of resources for the athletes? Like, do they have mental health therapists on staff? Um, they should, in my opinion, um, because again, that, that's a lot, I, I would imagine like, that's a lot of pressure for somebody. Um, wouldn't it be great? Huh? Cause now, and this just popped in my head right now. Um, you know, if world-class athletes deserve or, or should have available to them a mental health clinician, um, you know, maybe at any time, if there is some kind of like mistake or performance was not good or to just decompress after, um, uh, after a, a a game or a meet or whatever, um, don't you think we should all have access to something like that? Like, say, you know, in our in our day to day, maybe you know, there. I I don't know. I don't know if that exists. I know that there are EAP services, which we've talked about before, like that you can go go talk to human resources and see if where you work, if they have those kind of services for people and a lot of places do, but I just thought like, wouldn't it be awesome if, if companies had like, this is our mental health worker. And if somebody has issues, you know, with anxiety or depression or ha difficulty transitioning, we'll say maybe difficulty transitioning from being home to being back in the office because now because of COVID um, they can talk to, our company therapist or something like that. That would be awesome. That would be very, very cool. Um, so I just thought about that right now as I thought about the athletes and, and everything that they have to cope with and stuff like that of, with being, you know, being professional athletes. Um, another, like think about, I just thought about this one too. They have to travel and some of them, who knows if they've ever traveled before. What if this is the first time away from home? That can be a trauma for somebody. Um, or that can be very, maybe not trauma, um, but maybe. Um, but that can be very anxiety provoking. I don't know. It, it just, it's lots of, lots of good questions. Um, you know, when, when thinking about being, you know, being a professional athlete. Um, so I thought it, that would be a really fun thing to talk about, um, since the Olympics are, are getting underway. Um, I plan on watching as much as I can. Of course, I, you know, wish I could take off work to watch them. Uh, that has never happened. I've never been able to take off work to be able to watch the Olympics. Um, but, um, 
I, I plan on watching them. I plan on rooting for USA, but I also end up rooting for other teams as well, um, depending on what the event is and stuff like that. Um, sometimes I like to root for underdogs because that's just fun as, you know, that's just fun. Um, but yeah, um, thought that, that talking about how, who you think would be, you know, mental health issues and stuff like that, that can't touch them. It's just a good, um, a good like wake up call maybe that mental health issues, there are no, like it is not biased is maybe a way to say it. It can affect anybody. Um, doesn't matter your race, color, where you're from in the world. Um, you know, economic or socioeconomic status um it it just it it can happen and there needs to be resources out there for people who you know um who suffer from or you know um have problems with with mental health issues um I also wanted to just um say say this because there's I've also seen on the news um some uh news articles about how, um, if somebody asks, like, I've been so impressed with athletes being, um, open and honest about their struggles with mental health, like with depression or anxiety. Um, and, um, you know, I guess reporters asking questions and stuff like that. And then I saw an article where I actually think it was a politician. Um, and I hate politics. I've said that before. Um, but it was, I think a reporter asked if, uh, if, um, somebody was vaccinated and the person had said, oh, well, that's a violation of HIPAA. Um, and I just wanted to throw out there that that's not a violation of HIPAA. Um, so I can go up to anybody and ask them any kind of health information that I want to, like I can go up to, I wouldn't do it because I know better. Um, and I'll tell you why, just when I say I know better, I just know it's none of my business is really what I want to say. But I could walk up to somebody in the supermarket and be like, Hey, do you have depression? If I really wanted to, I mean, I wouldn't because really, you know, but, um, it's not a violation of HIPAA. HIPAA are the laws that are in place to protect health information, private health information. So that means that I cannot go up to anybody and say, hey, look, I know this person and they have depression and they happen to be my client. I can't do that. That's a violation of HIPAA. My doctor can't tell anybody that I have XYZ because that's a violation of HIPAA. But if any Joe Schmo comes up to you and says like, hey, do you suffer from depression? That's not a violation of HIPAA. That Joe Schmo doesn't have to um, doesn't have to protect anybody's health information um, unless they're a medical provider or a mental health provider, and that person or happens to be their client. That's a HIPAA violation. So I just want to stick that out there um, again with with athletes being open and honest about their mental health and stuff like that, and reporters. Um, asking questions about that, which I'm all for transparency. I think that's wonderful and takes a lot of courage um, for those athletes to say that kind of stuff. But that's not a violation of HIPAA for that reporter to ask those questions, just so you're aware. Um, something something to just put out there. I don't like inaccuracies. Um, 
and I don't like I don't like spreading f- false information. So if I can make a clarification on that, then I'm going to. Um, so, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. That's all about um, kind of the the Olympics because I love them, and just kind of understanding that again, mental health issues they occur anywhere, um, and it and how wonderful it would be to have those kind of resources to help athletes or just your everyday everyday people when when they realize that they have problems with depression or anxiety or performance anxiety or overtraining syndrome um that they can get the help that they need all right well thank you so much for listening to this episode next episode i plan should be with guest hans oliver and he is going to talk all about the psychology of marketing um, especially online marketing, I think. Um, but it should be very interesting. We should be, uh, I plan on learning a whole lot and being amazed by some of the things that he's going to share. Um, so keep an ear out for that. And I hope you all have a blessed week. Thanks. <laughs>